You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. seconds will come off the clock and for the first time since their home and season opener on October 11th the sea of red rises here at Scotiabank Saddledome for the second straight game the Flames battled back to win and for the first time in this 2023-2024 season they've started a winning streak tonight they double up the Predators by a final score of four to two. Yes, make it two in a row for Ryan Huska and the Calgary Flames. As you heard from Derek Wills, right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Four two, your final. The Flames score four straight after being down two nothing in the first period, and they take down the Nashville Predators. On a quick one-game homestand before the team heads out east for the weekend. Welcome into Sportsnet today. Another edition live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Dot com. Yes, you'll get to the win for the Calgary Flames last night. Hear from head coach Ryan Huska post-game. And we'll get to the topic that many want to talk about uh, even ahead of the now. Two wins in a row for the Calgary Flames. And that is, of course, the benching of Jonathan Huberto for the third period. Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome. We'll get your thoughts on the fan feedback line. If you're listening live, 960-960, shoot us a text. We'll get to the fan feedback line throughout the afternoon. Also, a little bit later on in the program, Andy McNamara is going to join us. Week 10 of the NFL season kicking off with Thursday Night Football. So our fantasy football guru is going to join us for his regular Wednesday chat. Plus, we'll spin around the NHL with Ailish Forfar from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. And a quick hello to my outstanding producers on this Wednesday show. Cam and Taylor are along for the ride. So the Flames win 4-2 against the Nashville Predators. They outshoot the Preds 39-18. Another outstanding performance from the line of Nazem Kadri, Yegor Sharangovich, and Connor Zeri. And the Flames are crawling back from that awful six-game losing streak. Goals from Dylan Dubé, Noah Hannafin, Blake Coleman, and Nazem Kadri. Jacob Markstrom stops 16 of 18, of 18 shots in the victory. And the Calgary Flames starting to build some positive momentum. But all anyone can talk about after last night's game was the fact that number 10, Jonathan Huberto, did not play in the final 20 minutes. He was stapled to the end of the bench. He was operating the gate for his teammates and didn't see the ice in the third period, didn't speak to the media, 
after the game, but his head coach did, and it was the first thing that Ryan Huska had to address post-game last night uh, was on the decision to not play Jonathan Huberto in period number three. Ryan, to start, we, we didn't see Jonathan Huberto on the ice in the third period. I'm curious as well, what went into that decision? Um, I, I, I thought Hubie had an off night, and when we went into the third period, we wanted to try to get a little bit more flow, and we went with the guys we felt were going, uh, and that's pretty much all it came down to. How did he take that? He's, he's fine. Like I'm, it's not anything anybody wants to go through ever. But hey, at times it's going to happen. You're not going to have your A plus game every night. And as I said, we are trying to find a little bit of a rhythm and um, flow to our our game. And when at that point we went with the guys we thought were were going the best. Was it was it an effort thing at all, or was it just? No, not it's just oh, yes, yeah, off night. You know, it happens. An off night, it happens. They wanted to go with the guys that were going last night, and Jonathan Huberto was not one of those. In 14-24 of time on ice, no shots on goal, no hits, no penalty minutes, didn't register on the plus-minus, obviously no points. And once again, and I'm I'm just going to be honest here, the highest-paid player for the Calgary Flames for the next eight seasons, including the full season this year, was hard to find last night in a game that had a lot of things going the right way for the Calgary Flames. And look, choose a text at 960-960 if you're listening live. I know there's a lot of differing opinions on Jonathan Huberto right now and whether the benching was the correct thing to do, what his future is with the Flames. And, and we'll get to some of those on the text line coming up in just a few moments. But here's what I'll say. I think this was the right decision by Ryan Huska. Whether you like it or not. And, and look, as fans, you can have the conversations. You can play armchair GM. Jonathan Huberto isn't going anywhere. Okay, we can, we can have conversations about Goudreau in Columbus because he was scratched or... You can say, oh, work something out with Montreal. He'll be happy. He's not going anywhere. I'm sorry. There is no trade market for Jonathan Huberto right now. That is unfortunately where things have gotten. The amount of money that he makes, the lack of production that's shown up in his time in Calgary, it's just not a tradable contract. Maybe in a world where you're throwing in I don't know, a ridiculous amount of other assets, young players and picks and retaining salary. But I don't think Craig Conroy or the Calgary Flames are in any position to be doing that. So your other option is to make it work for Jonathan in Calgary. And whether that's sending a firm message to Jonathan that he's got to be better on a night-in, night-out basis I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it is a sports psychologist. Maybe it is going through different line mates and trying to find the the sweet spot to his game. Is it processing you know some film from his time in Florida and trying to bring aspects of that to his game here in Calgary? I, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know the answer has to come from somewhere here in Calgary. There is no moving Jonathan Huberto at this time. So you have to find a way to make the best of it 
here in Calgary. That's just the reality of it. And yes, at $10.5 million per season, Jonathan owns his half of it. I don't think for a second this guy isn't trying. I don't think that the effort has just disappeared from his game because he got a big contract and is is set for life now that he just suddenly doesn't want to have an impact at the NHL level. The body language, the way that he plays on a night-to-night basis, I think tells you everything about a guy that's clearly lacking in confidence, is frustrated with the situation, and wants to find a way out of it, but doesn't have the answers himself. But the Calgary Flames need to make the best of this situation because it's not going anywhere. There is no trade market. There is no, there's a no move clause on it. He's not getting sent down to to the Wranglers, which would be a an even bigger story. It's it's not going to happen. Later on in that post game uh, clip from Ryan Huska, he uh, addressed. He was asked straight up, "Is he going to be in the line? Yeah, he's going to be in the lineup the next day." Coming up on Friday, that's the Flames' next game in Toronto. He's going to be there. So whether you're frustrated with Jonathan Huberto, whether you're feeling for the guy, whatever angle you want to approach this at, the reality of the situation is the solution, if there is a solution, I don't know that there is. It's it's gotten to a, a point where I, I'm questioning whether or not he'll ever find it here in Calgary. But if there is a solution to it, it's got to come from the team and Jonathan working to find it together here in Calgary. And again, I don't have the answers. I don't think management has the answers. I don't think the coaching staff have the answers. I'm sure you listening don't have the answer to it because they probably would have explored it already 90-some games into his tenure here in Calgary. But I, I do know that last night and really the last seven or eight games, it's just not good enough at $10.5 million. And I'm not saying that he needs to, we've had this conversation a thousand times. He doesn't need to hit 115 points. He doesn't even need to, at this point, for me, I'm not even worried about the guy getting back to a, a point per game spot. I just want him to look confident. I want him to look dangerous out there. We can't get that at this point. It's hard to, it was hard last night sitting with Pat in the press box, watching the game. It was hard to find a positive in Jonathan's game. There weren't any explosive moments. There weren't any times where he created a high danger opportunity. He didn't use his speed to, you know, put a puck on Elias Lindholm or Dylan Dubé's tape that put them in a position to succeed. That's just not going to be good enough. If you're not going to put up the points, I need you to make a positive impact somewhere. And more often than not, that hasn't happened. And we thought maybe maybe early on this season that had changed. And Pat took a lot of heat from a lot of people three or four games into this season because he saw something like a lot of us did that looked like maybe Jonathan was starting to figure it out here in Calgary. Now it's fallen off of a cliff since then, 
but at least there was a glimmer in the first couple games. That glimmer has just disappeared. And I do feel for the guy because I don't believe for a second listening to him talk, listening to his teammates, that this is a guy that isn't trying or isn't invested or any of those outside narratives that that no one knows if you're not in that locker room. I don't believe any of that. But I also don't believe there's an easy answer to this right now. The last couple games have shown, I think, uh, you know, people are going to get healthy here for the Calgary Flames in the coming weeks and months. But, I mean, has Connor Zary, Nazem Kadri, and Yegor Sharon Govich given you any reason to change that line? Nope. Backlund, Coleman, Pospisil have been great. I'm not in any interest in changing that up. So where is it for Jonathan Huberto? Because I don't think, with all due respect, I don't think the answer comes playing on a line with A.J. Greer and, and Walker Drew. I don't think the answer comes there. It is a frustrating time. Choose to text at 960-960 if you're listening live and you want to chime in on the Jonathan Huberto benching last night for the Calgary Flames in their 4-2 win over the Nashville Predators. We did hear from Jonathan after practice on Wednesday. What's taking out of the Scotiabank saddled on practice, just finishing up under an hour ago. And uh, as you can imagine, Jonathan had uh, a lot of questions to answer uh, after not seeing the ice in the third period last night. But he stood in front of the media today and uh, was accountable to all of it. Here's Jonathan Huberto Wednesday following practice and following his benching against the Nashville Predators. Jonathan, how hard is that as a proud veteran to, to sit there in the third and not see the ice? Uh, how difficult was that last night? Yeah, it was difficult. I mean, you know, as a player, you want to be out there and help help your team. But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I sat on the bench. You know, it's 20 minutes in my my career. And, you know, that's it. I think I just got to move on and we got to win. So, you know, that's all, that's all that matters. And... It's on me to, you know, to be better. You don't like it, no doubt. Um, but can you kind of use it in a way that uh, will benefit you? Yeah, I always want to look forward. I mean, I can't think in the past, so you know, you use that as, you know, it's just frustration. I mean, obviously, you don't want to, you know, it's humiliating. You don't want to be sitting on the bench and see your guys, you know, the guys work hard on the ice, and, you know, you're just out there. You know, just sitting on there, but it wasn't easy. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, it was a coaching decision, and I think you you move on from there. We got me and Huss talk it out, and you know, I it's it's I think it's there's no pointing fingers. You got to look in the mirror, and I got to be a better player. And you know, that's I, I know I got it in me. I, I still believe. I still still believe in myself. Well, that's what I you know. I just gotta I just gotta show it on yours. Where does the solution come from? Where does your where does the solution come from? I mean, if I if I found the solution, I probably <laughs> wouldn't be sitting on the bench last night. So it's uh, it's something you work every day. I mean, I want to find a solution to, to help to, to be a good player in this team. Still got to find it, but at the end of the day, it's 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 about work. You know, it's it's you gotta put the work in. It's it's not a it's not easy, you know, uh, since I since I got here, obviously. But it's you want to be positive. I think you know nobody feels sorry for yourself. 
it's you. You gotta, you know, I do myself a little old. I gotta get out of it and be positive. Do you understand the decision and the reasoning behind the decision? Yeah, I mean, you know, as a player, you're, ne- you're never happy when you sit on the bench. So obviously, you're not gonna lie and say like, ah, oh, understood. I think it only needs more for me, and I gotta give, I gotta give more. I say I'm trying, but sometimes, you know, you gotta try smarter. You said the word humility. Is it? Does it feel sort of embarrassing when you know? Because you know we're all going to be talking about it. You know, fans are going to be talking about it. You know, the media, everyone. You guys are going to take one word probably and, and put it big, but it's not about that. I think it's you know, like you ask every guy, you know, they sit on the bench. It's, it's it sucks. Like you don't want to be sitting on the bench. So you can take that word and put it, you know, the way you want to, but obviously, you know, I wasn't happy. You, you don't want to be on the bench, and I'm sure all of you knows that. But it's, you know, I know, I know, I know it's, it's, it's part of the, the process when, you know, you get all the media and stuff like that, and obviously I, I have to be a better, better player in this team. And um, like I said, I think I... I can wake up and feel sorry for myself, but I just won't. You know, that's not who I am, and I'm going to battle till the end. What's, uh, what was going through your head, Jonathan, as you're watching the game? How are you trying to stay engaged? What, what were you thinking during that, that 20 minutes there? I was just there for my teammate. I think, you know, we're, we're close, close team, and we all love each other. And, you know, it's not because I sit I'm going to be pouting. And, you know, I think I cheered him on. They work really hard in the third. And we got a big win, so you know that's all that matters. Now you, you move on, and the uh, next game is to me to, to be the, the hero. What are some specific elements in your game that you feel you need to work on to get back to that level that you know you can play? I think more like uh, I, mean, I think it's uh, it all goes with the, with the confidence. I mean, I know we talked about it for so many times, but when you get that low, you you, you know you you make some plays not at the right time and stuff like that. I mean, I think the work ethic is there. It's more like you know the the, the plays that you, you do it at the wrong time and stuff like that. So it's just to you know create more deception in my game. That's what I've always been good deception. But when you <laughs> the confidence is not there, you you try to make like plays and it's not at the right time. You hit a stick, you know. But these are the kind of play they're easy play. But right now they don't come easy. So it's just to find a way keep more simple and. Uh, it's. I mean, it has to come back. I, I just don't don't see it not coming back. So. We talked to in, in Dubai last night, and they were very emphatic having your back and, and wanting everyone to know how much faith they have in you and, and knowing that you were going to come back and be positive. That's got to mean a lot, knowing your teammates, you know, they, they've got you here, right? Yeah, it, it, I mean, they knew it wasn't easy for me, but, you know, it, it's, it's nice to see, obviously. Like I said, we're close team, and, I mean, even though I wasn't playing, I wanted to, you know, cheer them on, and I had a good attitude and it shows a lot I mean the guys coming on the media and say that I think they they know I have it in me so it's it's just to me to to, to show it to them that is Flames forward Jonathan Huberto talking to the media following practice on Wednesday of course after his benching in the third period and the Flames win against the Nashville Predators and I'll give Jonathan a lot of credit throughout this entire process in Calgary he's never shied away from the media He's never hid away for two or three days to to let it cool down or hope that a story goes away about his lack of production or anything like that. He's always been accountable to it. And I think that shows a lot. His teammates, as you heard in that uh, last answer, think 
very, very highly of him. We'll hear from uh, another one of his teammates here in a second, Mackenzie Weger, who obviously knows Jonathan probably better than anyone in that locker room from their time together in Florida. But no one's had a bad word to say about him during this process, that he hasn't let it affect him as a teammate. The word he kept using was confidence. And that's... uh, that's a tough one because I, I don't know how to build that up. He clearly doesn't know how to build that that confidence back up in his game yet, but he's well aware, use the word embarrassed, all those sort of things, and I, I think he had the right reaction to it. And then hopefully it means we'll see uh, a change in his game maybe as soon as Friday when the Flames are in Toronto to take on the Leafs. Some of your texts at 960 if you're listening live, fan feedback line always open to you here on Sportsnet today. Uh, this text comes in and says, hopefully it sparks a fire under his butt. I hope this doesn't turn into a James Neal story. Uh, this one says they have to put him with the fixer. Time for him to be on the wing with the captain. Uh, Joseph in Calgary says, give Huberto the rest of the year, and if no improvement, then pay him to pop original 16s at home. Unfortunately, live with him until it's not so burdensome to buy him out. Maybe someone will take him at half salary. Nothing personal. I'm sure he doesn't want this either, but business is business. This says, uh, here's a solution, although it'll never happen. Jonathan should renegotiate his contract down to $5.25 million with significant bonuses if he reaches certain milestones. Um, I will say it's not going to happen. Uh, this one says, I really feel for Conroy. Huberto has somehow got to change his game from a stationary elite passer to at least a player that dumps and chases the play uh, with a pace to retrieve it. I feel for him, but man, he's got to do it differently. Hit someone, win a board battle. We need to see something. Uh, This text says, as much as it sucks, I think we need to eat some contract and move move Huberto somewhere else. He's been nearly 100 games here, and I don't know if he's been great in one of them. It's too bad. His value slips every bad game he needs to go. Uh, and Shoop's texting in, uh, Hubie is a flame for the foreseeable future. We need to rally behind him and show him the love to help him get his confidence back. Some of your texts at 960-960. Let's uh, head back to the Scotiabank Saddle on Wednesday afternoon following practice. Uh, one of the guys that definitely has Jonathan's back and uh, is trying to help him find his game again, Mackenzie Weger. The two of them spent significant time together with the Florida Panthers. Obviously came to Calgary in the same trade with the Matthew Kachuk trade and uh, McKenzie with uh, lots of great stuff to say about his teammate today uh, and understanding the process that he's going through. Here's McKenzie Weger following practice on Wednesday. I know uh, everyone in this room knows everybody's back when things are going that way. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you say to a friend and a teammate when, you know, it isn't going his way and you want to be there for him? Ah, I stick with it, you know. Um, you know, it's obviously tough to see a good buddy, but, you know, any teammate, you know, you don't want to see them get benched. You want to see everybody play well. And, you know, since we were, you know, in Peewee, you know, we've all been benched before. But, um, you know, just be positive. Uh, you, you know, I saw what Dubes and, and Cozy said about Hughes, and he's just a stand-up guy. And he's a professional. He's got a lot of character. He handled it like a true pro. Um, you know, when times are, are tough, you know, I've spoken about this before. Uh, it's been a tough stretch there for a little bit with the team. But we, we pick each other up in here. And uh, we're a family. We're a group of guys that we see. We see each other every day, and, um, you know, I got nothing but, you know, so much love for Hubie, and, um, you know, when he's going through a tough time or a tough game like that, uh, you, you, you got, 
good support, and you know I'm here for him. But you know we'll get through that. Um, that's part of the game. Um, you're going to go through roller coasters. You're going to go through your ups and downs. And um, you know when times are tough, I'll be there for him, and the whole team will be there for him. It's it's all good. What uh, what maybe don't we see out of him that that you've seen for a few years now in terms of either work ethic, care, things like that, like the Jonathan behind the scenes that maybe fans don't see in the moment with that? Uh, yeah, the, the work ethic's there. Um, you know, he works, you know, as hard as anybody. Uh, I don't think there's anybody, you know, that's harder on himself than Johnny. Um, you know, I know he wants to be the best player that he can be. I think, um, you know, maybe he's putting a little bit too, pre- too much pressure on himself. Um, but... I just know that he wants to be this, the player that he once was, and, and I know he'll get there. It's, I know it's going through a tough time right now, but, um, you know, these times will make you better. They'll make you stronger, and, um, you know, when that time comes, he's just got to, you know, excel and, and take it, take off with it. But um, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff is, um, you know, he's just a great guy. He works hard. He wants to get better every day um, off outside the rink, inside the rink, and um, just a character guy. That, uh, just, yeah, that's... That's it. It does seem like there's a real respect and admiration from you guys for the fact he's going through that low moment, the cameras are on him and everything, and he's still out there supporting you guys. Seems like that's yeah. been something that everyone's sort of run off this Yeah. That can't a he's a true leader. Um, you know, that's what leaders do. Um, he, I'm sure he's kind of deflecting it a little bit and, you know, making it, uh, you know, he wants to pick us up and say that we're doing a lot, but he, you know, he's just, he's a great guy and, um, you know, as hard as it is to see him, you know, with all the spotlight on him and um, everything like that, you know, it's just, it's just about him getting better and being better every day and uh, having a great attitude, showing up for work and it's the best, it's the best league in the world, it's the NHL and I know he's, he's he doesn't take it for granted, he's grateful for where he is and, um, you know, I just think he wants to get back to where he was once and really badly and um, you know we'll, we'll get there and I have a lot of faith in that. Mac you saw Jonathan when he was at his best when he had more assists than any left winger in a single mm-hmm. season in NHL history mm-hmm. when he's right what makes him such a special player? Uh, you know he's he's moving the puck he's creating plays uh, he's skating well um, and then he's got that competitive spirit in him you know he's got that French in him that's competitive and, and he gets he gets down and dirty um, you know that's that's Hubie in a nutshell he wants to make guys better around him um, yeah, you know, he, he does everything well. Uh, and I know it's there. It's, it's, it hasn't been lost. It, um, you know, I, maybe he's hurting or his confidence is down, but it shouldn't be. Um, you know, I know it's there, and I believe that it's going to come back. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, we can be better around him as well. Uh, I wouldn't put it all on him at all. Um, you know, as teammates, uh, as, his, as players on the ice, there's five, five more guys out there or four more guys out there, and we've got to make him better, and, and um, we can do a better job of uh, helping him out and making him a better player as well. When Yubi has his swagger, what's he like to hang around, whether in the locker room or outside of the locker room? Last question. Uh, he's great. He's, you know, he's always great. He's always happy. Uh, he's a funny guy. Um, he's got a lot of swagger. He's, he's confident. Uh, he likes to dress well. Uh, he, he used to have a stylist. He used to have a chef. He likes to live the nice lifestyle. And, um, you know, he deserves it. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a great guy to be around. We're always laughing uh, together and, um, yeah, showing each other uh, a great time around Calgary and maybe a couple beers here and there and staying loose and having some fun. There is Flames defenseman Mackenzie Weger. Lots on Jonathan Huberto and the struggles he's been going through. Uh, some great stuff from Mackenzie on uh, what he's seen out of his his friend and obviously his teammate, and uh, hopefully picking him back up. Uh, I know Flames fans would like to see more of that uh, from his teammates, and we'll see 
how the Flames respond and how Jonathan responds. They're back up in action on Friday night when they're in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll have more Flames discussion as the afternoon goes on. But when we come back, time to dive in uh, to your fantasy football questions. Another edition of Ask Andy is around the corner. Our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, joins the program next. If you've got questions, he's got answers. Uh, shoot us a text at 960-960 with all your fantasy football questions. Andy McNamara kicking off uh, our next segment here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Week 10 will be here Thursday night. The NFL season rolls on. The Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. Any result, a good result for the Chicago Bears who own Carolina's first-round pick in the upcoming draft. So either Chicago's own pick gets worse or Carolina's pick, which Chicago owns, uh, gets better odds of the highest pick. So it's going to be great. Might not be a fun football game, but it'll be a game. Uh, As we get set for another week in the NFL season, as we always do on Wednesdays, it's time to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcome in our fantasy football guru here on Sportsnet 960, the fan Andy McNamara, AMC. How are you, man? Logan, doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, quick reminder, if you're listening live, shoot us a text at 960-960. If you've got fantasy football questions for Andy, send them in now. Ask Andy coming up in just a few moments. Uh, how do we feel about Panthers Bears on oh. Thursday night? Oh, boy, man. This is uh, You put it correctly. It's a game. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, They're going to play football. <laughs> by definition, it is an NFL uh, football game that will be on Thursday at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. So, yes, that's about the only thing that is uh, maybe interesting about, about that game. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, like that, this game stinks. How the heck? Like, even in the, I guess, if you look preseason, it's like, oh, Bryce Young versus Justin Fields. Like, I guess. But. Did anyone really? I certainly didn't expect much out of Bryce Young. I guess the NFL offices did. This game, even fantasy wise, Logan, like there's not much here. There's Adam Thielen on the Panthers. That's all I'm interested in. You still have a schmaz that running back because Cleo Herbert's not back yet, and you had Tyson Bajent, and Moore hasn't done anything. Like there's maybe a little Cole Komet. Fantasy wise, that game useless. From a football perspective, how worried would you be if you're a Panthers fan? watching what C.J. Stroud is doing in Houston. Oh, I'd be furious. I'd be furious. Logan, I said on your show, my show, every show I've been on pre-draft, that C.J. Stroud, without a shadow of a doubt, should be the first overall pick. Built like a quarterback. Overcame so much at Ohio State. The lights were brighter for him at Ohio State with more pressure than it is in the NFL in Houston. That guy played under a national spotlight in a rabid fan base, and people forget. And his first two games as a Buckeye, as a starter, he stunk. And people wanted to get rid of him. You don't get much more pressure than that at Ohio State getting uh, booed by 100,000 people. Okay? And he overcame it. He built. And it was a missed field goal at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve that kept him from going to a national championship. That guy's a star. And I, I knew he would be. And the Panthers, boy, when you start hearing things about little rumors of the head coach being like, we wanted C.J. Stroud trying to float it out there so that his next NFL job, Frank Reich, people will be like, okay, you're not an idiot. And it was the owner that wanted a five foot eight quarterback as a first overall pick. Oh, and we have a, 
one of our sportsnet.ca writers who joins me every week on Mondays, Emily Sadler, and she brought up a great point. If you're the Panthers and you're trying to say, okay, look, maybe maybe Bryce Young just needs some weapons. Well, your best shot at getting him a weapon you gave to the Chicago Bears. I'm sure Marvin Harrison Jr. would be great in Carolina. But guess what, Andy? He's not going there. Neither are any of the other top receivers in the draft because you gave up the picks to get Bryce Young. Yep. Great point. A great point. Yeah. What are you going to do? Now, I'll say this. Uh, Adam Thielen, one of my midseason fantasy MVPs um, at wide receiver, the top one at wide receiver was Adam Thielen. Nobody saw that coming from no. preseason ranking to now. So fantasy-wise, bravo. Um, but yeah, like, okay, Adam Thielen, who really most other teams is going to be probably your third option at this point in his career. He's done a nice little job. But where else do you, are you going? The running back position you're getting no help from. Uh, like you said, the, the weapons, you're going to have to really hit on later round picks or free agency. And you're going to have to, and free agent wide receivers, you always overpay for and the production. We've seen it time and time again, the production rarely holds up, but you're going to have to do that if you're the Panthers and hope that, that Bryce Young's your guy. Cause you're going to have to do it next year. Cause you don't have that pick. And my guess is that in two drafts, they'll be drafting at the top and looking for another quarterback then too. Kind of feels that way. We'll see what happens on Thursday. Uh, Andy, as we head into week 10, this might be the most difficult bye week for any fantasy football league. Uh, the amount of star players that are out this yeah. week with the Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Eagles all out uh, and taking the week off. I got to say, I'm imagining pretty much everybody in fantasy football uh, is missing at least one or two starters from their team heading into this week. Oh, man. Well, let's just look at the quarterbacks. You got three of the top fantasy quarterbacks out. No Mahomes, no Tua, no Hurts. And I typically, my draft strategy is typically to try to draft two quarterbacks and two tight ends for such scenarios. Yeah. Now, one league I'm in this year, I just, I just wasn't able to get any quality, so I just had, I have Patrick Mahomes in it. And you know who I have to go? The best option on waivers this week? Zach Wilson. Cautionary tale, Ooh. Logan. Pray, prepare ahead. Always, you'll end up with Zach, Zach Wilson Raiders on Sunday night football. Hey, at least it gives me a reason to watch what should be a terrible game too on Sunday night. Yeah, that's uh, the whole primetime schedule the NFL had planned out with uh, with Aaron Rodgers certainly doesn't have the same feeling yeah. when uh, when Zach Wilson's out there throwing to absolutely nobody. Uh, the Jets yeah, right. are a mess right now. Uh, let's oh, yeah. get a couple of uh, just general fantasy thoughts from you before we head to the text line. Uh, Kyler Murray is activated from the pup list on track to start this weekend. Uh, if you've been someone that stashed him or managed to get him off of waivers the last couple of weeks, how confident are you in starting Kyler Murray this week? Oh boy. Uh, you know what? For the, for the scenario we're in, you, like I'd rather start Kyler Murray than Zach Wilson. If I could get him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't choose to do it on most weeks because it's his first game back. Um, I just don't get the sense he's that interested in like playing even really. Right. He seems very like disenchanted, distant, just not, I don't know. You can't get inside a guy's head, but I, I'm, I'm not, I, I think the Kyler Murray as a uh, high end quality NFL quarterback ship has sailed. And for this week, it's like, okay, if he plays sure um, you can put him in there because again, it's really about what are the other options? You want to go Aiden O'Connell? That's not, that's not fun. We're not having a good time there. Tyson Bajant? Nope. 
No, thank not, you. Not interested. That's that's Thursday. Uh, there's just not a lot to go to uh, if you can't get your hands on a Gardner Minshew or a Baker Mayfield or something like that. Uh, you you could I guess you could do worse than Kyler Murray. Uh, how are we feeling uh, as we head into this week uh, for uh, Josh Dobbs in Minnesota? He mm-hmm. comes in, is teaching the guys the cadence on the sideline, <laughs> uh, which is something I've never seen before in my life. Uh, but give the guy props, man. Uh, he went yeah. out and balled out, Andy. I don't know if we feel him as a fantasy option, but from a football option, it's it's been pretty entertaining. Yeah, a crazy story. Like, this guy's been all over the place in his career, right? Drafted by Pittsburgh, then to Cleveland, then to Tennessee, then back to Cleveland, then to Arizona, now Minnesota. So if you look at what Josh Dobbs can and is, when he gets figured out, and he will, um, his fantasy relevance goes down. But until he gets figured out, it's pretty good. Shade under 25 fantasy points two weeks in a row uh, on two different teams. And now <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you know, for, for New Orleans, they're, they're fine. Like the defense is, is good, not great. Again, if you're in trouble, I I'd feel fine playing Josh Dobbs this week. It's going to go south eventually, right? Yeah. But right until it does, uh, especially on a week like this, you might not have a better choice. Uh, this will be your last warning. You're getting lots of texts in nine six zero nine six zero. Ask Andy's coming up in just a few moments here. So if you've got a question for Andy out of week ten of the NFL season kicking off on Thursday night, make sure to get it in. Uh, like you said, Ask Andy's coming up in just a few moments time. Uh, Andy, any faith? I was curious how you see the Raiders. We talked about this last week. They cleaned house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going with Aiden O'Connell going forward. Uh, Josh Jacobs seemed to be the biggest recipient of the change in approach offensively. Uh, but how do you feel about that team as a whole? When you look at the, obviously somebody out there has Devonte Adams, hasn't lived up to expectations. Jacobs has been up and down. Where do you see the Raiders offensively going? They got a nice matchup with the Jets this week. Yeah, I, I was fully expecting that was like the lock of the week to pick the Raiders to win coming off that coaching change and just everybody seeming to, to exhale. Um, I would say you're probably going to start seeing them get back to what we saw with the Raiders. Maybe, you know, different play calling, different atmosphere. But this just isn't a great football team. For Devontae Adams, you're going to have to keep playing him for where you draft him. You're just probably not going to have a choice. So you got to keep putting him in. Uh, it is good news for Josh Jacobs. I have a couple of Josh Jacobs shares and feeling good about that. You can't start Aiden O'Connell. You can't. No. Like, I would say really, like, the Jets are one-and-a-half-point favorites. That Jets team, far from perfect, but that defense is good. And they're gamers. Like, Robert Salah, give him credit uh, for what he's had to overcome with the quarterback situation, Zach Wilson just not being good, um, they could win this game, and it wouldn't really be that surprising. And then you'd still have them hanging around in that AFC East pitcher and, and playoff conversation. Uh, I just see the Raiders come a, a bit more back to the norm uh, after that kind of emotional release from getting rid of Josh McDaniels. All right, we got plenty of questions to get to. Uh, we probably won't have time to get to them all. It's, of course, uh, a busy week with lots of star players on by, so let's not make the listeners wait any longer. Let's kick off another edition of Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He's got fantasy answers. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. AMC, you ready to go, pal? Let's do it. Let's kick it off. Uh, Chris from Calgary texting in. Uh, here's my question for Andy. I have Kelsey on a bye I need to start one of these tight ends, Auten, Musgrave, or Njoku. Mm. 
You know what? I'd say I would lean Otten with uh, Njoku a close second. I kind of like what he's been linking up with Baker. Uh, Njoku had the touchdown last week. It's just still uncertain with Deshaun Watson. Look good. No pain coming out of the out of that game, uh, that win over the Cardinals last week for the Browns. So you'd like to think he's on the right path, and I think he is Deshaun Watson, which means it's good news for David Njoku. But you're playing the Ravens, who are 7-2, and two, and they're rolling, and I just don't know how that's going to work out. So I think longer-term Njoku's probably the play, but for immediacy, I'd say go with Otten uh, to be a bit safer. Uh, Will Levis or C.J. Stroud rest of the season? C.J. by God Stroud. Give, that guy's winning Rookie of the Year. And if, I'm not kidding. This guy keeps going like that. We could be legit talking about him in the MVP conversation. How not, I don't know what the odds in Vegas are for that or what they would have been at the start of the year. But C.J. Stroud, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, would you trade Deontay Johnson for Isaiah Pacheco, full PPR league? Yes, I would. Um, depends, of course. Again, like any question, what do you have as a replacement and, and how does your, your team look without it? But Pacheco's been quietly pretty consistent, Yeah. right? Like he's actually been starting to separate a bit fantasy-wise, just kind of a nice, solid RB2. And Deontay Johnson's going to be limited in that offense with Kenny Pickett. So I say you go Pacheco. Uh, Mike from the ranch texting in, is Martavis Bryant worth a stash spot on my roster? Uh, I don't, nah, not real. No, no, I don't think so. Like, it, you know, if, if you, if you feel high on him for whatever reason, I guess, you know, you can put him in, but I'm not excited about him. Uh, Dak Prescott or Joe Burrow this week, Andy. Ooh, I think you're going to be good either way. I, I like Dak this week. I like Dak. Um, boy, you got the giants who just, Oh man, 16 and a half point favorites are Dallas. Now the only concern is that they get up too much and just, you know, keep running the ball. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the, that's the, the almost like they're, they're going to be too good to do that. And Bengals versus the Texans at home. Again, I think you're good either way. I kind of like how Dak's grooving, um, but Burrow's, Burrow's good too. I, I would say slight edge to Dak, but you're good either way. Uh, super flex, full PPR. I need my second flex spot. Am I going Gardner Minshew or Kenneth Walker? Hmm. Okay, so we got so Gardner Minshew's been giving you probably what fifteen to seventeen fantasy points, probably kind of sixteen in the middle. So we compare that to um, Kenneth Walker and Seattle's been well. You know they played good against the Browns and got just destroyed by the Ravens. So now you're playing Washington. So what does it look like? Well, Walker was doing well last two weeks, single digits, eight and two point seven fantasy points. Not great. I think you go with the quarterback because at least if he gets you 15, like 15 for a quarterback is a bad day. It's a good day for Kenneth Walker. So I think you go Minshew. Do these games uh, internationally, this is another one of those ones in Germany. Do they ever have uh, a noticeable fantasy impact one way or another, Andy, that's, that we've noticed or that we've picked up on? I consider them in the same vein as the Thursday nighters. Weird stuff happens. You get some ugly games. You can get some low-scoring things, and it's just so. That's how I sort of equate it. We kind of saw that. Like, really, I think if you play Chiefs Dolphins last week in uh, North America, you know, in, in one of those two stadiums, I think you have a much higher scoring game. I think it's a more entertaining, and the offense are clicking more. You have the Colts and the Patriots. Like this one, 
has like 10 six stinker written all over <laughs> frank frankfurt oh man if you missed out on those chiefs tickets this is what you get man yeah. Colts patriots oh boy yeah that one's gonna stink I, not... I don't know if you go too deep into that one for uh oh boy for fantasy i i just think it's gonna be a terrible ball game it's not uh it's not the days of manning v brady in those matchups anymore uh, is it no, no, we got we got uh, what Minshew versus uh, Mac Corkle Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good. Uh, and you need to start Sorry. three of these four names: Godwin, Debo, Tank Dell, Calvin Ridley. Oh, great, great lineup there. Oh boy. Hmm. Okay, I am. I'm sticking with Tank Dell because he, he looks like he's over the injuries. It might be a little banged up. Just double check that. But he, he's really been connecting when healthy with C.J. Stroud. Not a one-off at all. Ridley bounced back coming off the buy your play in San Francisco. I'd say you, I'd say you sit Ridley. Okay. I'd say you sit Ridley. Let me just check Debo's uh, health real quick. Let's just make sure. And you know what? He's questionable. I thought he might have had something wrong with him there still. Um, shoulder injury. Track Debo. Okay? If he's, he's been practicing, but keep an eye on that. If he is a go with no – uh, injury designation Sunday. Go with him. If not, sit Ridley. Uh, Andy, I'm looking to use a running back at flex this week. Half PPR. Rashad White or Kenneth Walker? I like what Rashad White's been doing. I think you go Rashad White. Kenneth Walker's been cold for two weeks in a row. Go with White. Uh, Smith and Jigba or Jacoby Myers? Oh, even, even though Jacoby Myers is uh, he, he's having a decent season, but man... Again, it's the Raiders. It's uh, hard to trust. I would go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Even though he's the third option, he could still be worked in a little bit more. I I don't think that could – that might not be a great day for you either way there, but I I would say Smith and Jigba. Uh, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, or Josh Dobbs this week? Ooh. I think Fields got a doubtful tag today, by the way. Yes. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be Tyson Bajan. It looks like – actually, I'm pretty – I think it's like – almost certain it's going to be Tyson Bajan. So count fields out of it. And who are the other ones? We had Dobbs, Murray, just Dobbs or Murray. <sighs> go with Dobbs. Murray first game back. Who knows, right? Might get injured again. ACL first time. Yeah. Go with Dobbs. Uh, Khalil Herbert over Javante Williams. Question mark. Yeah. I don't think Khalil Herbert's going to play. Yeah. He's looking very doubtful as well. So you, you, by fault, you have to go Javante Williams. Uh, flex spot uh, between Laporta, Taysom Hill, or Calvin Ridley. Ooh, I, I am in a very actually similar situation in one of my leagues, except without the Ridley component. Taysom Hill, oh man, I played him. I, I, I hate Taysom Hill for fantasy, but <laughs> darn, I played him and it worked out. You just know you just, he's going he's gonna to hose us. He's going to get us two fantasy points one of these days. It's going to happen. But damn it, let's go. Let's get nuts. Let's ride with Taysom Hill. Taysom it. Hill till we drop. I love Let's it. Go. Let's <laughs> couple, go. Couple left, couple left for Andy on Ask Andy, uh, the Week 10 edition. Uh, standard League, flex spot, Ridley or Pittman? Mm. You know what? With Josh Downs is a little bit banged up, I'm going to say Pittman. Uh, James, you can go with Pittman. Uh, Schultz or Hawkinson at tight end this week? Uh, Hawkinson, he's got a question. It looks like he's going to play, but... Um, he, he is a bit banged up, so track that. But if he's in there, go Hawkinson. He had a good game with Dobbs last week, too. Last but not least, we have gotten a ton of Kenneth Walker questions here. Oh, uh, boy. PPR League, Gus Edwards or Kenneth Walker this week? Oh, go Gus Edwards. It's like, 
what, four touchdowns, Touchdown five machine. touchdowns in the last three weeks. Yeah, uh, he's facing my Browns. Browns defense has been real good, but Gus Edwards, like all it takes, like he's a bulldozer, right? You get to the two-yard line, it's either Lamar or Gus going in. I think you go Gus. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think you have a choice. Yeah, up to seven touchdowns on the year. He's been yeah, they've just been feeding him lately. around the goal line. Yeah, yeah, but I think you got to go Gus Gus Edwards plus two. Justice Hill's been a fumbling machine. Keaton Mitchell's been the was like the hot pick of people blowing their fab on that. Here's why you don't do it. Backup quarterback was in. Um, still had the fewest touches, even though it was a blowout last week. And he's still like the third guy. I don't know. And most of the yards came on one big run. That just stinks of like a one-off and people scrambled and panicked. Gus Edwards is still the guy there. It, not named Lamar Jackson. Uh, before we let you go, I, I was surprised. I thought this was going to be one of the matchups of the week. It's the one I'm really interested in. I, I was a bit surprised to see uh, minus six on the Ravens at home. I know they've been good this year. Andy, but a divisional game like that, Browns mm-hmm. coming in at, at five and three, it seemed like a big number to me. Yeah, when you look at the whole AFC North, best division in football, Logan, all yes, teams five and three, and then the Ravens at seven and two. Like, yeah. this should be a tough game. Now, maybe it's because last time they played, the Browns made the last second. Dorian Thompson Robinson, the fifth round rookie, was told an hour and a half before the game, oh, hey, you're playing the Ravens. Deshaun's shoulder hurts, and he freaked out and got, they lost 28 to three, right? So, yeah. Deshaun's looking better. Um, I think this is going to be a close game, division game, uh, probably decided by, by a field goal. Hopefully it goes the Browns way. But, yeah, I would take the Browns to cover the points. Uh, AMC, tell us what's going on with the podcast, pal. What you got going on this week? Oh, I got, actually, if you want to jump on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, click subscribe on Twitter and X at SickPodBrowns, at AndyMC81 on Instagram, at AndyMC Sports. I went through my midseason fantasy football biggest surprises, good and bad, based on preseason projections. Uh, it'll make some people smile and make some people cry because there's some names that you're like, oh, man. Uh, we go through every position, so that was a lot of fun. This Sunday, though, live, 10 a.m. Eastern, we go through fantasy football start sets. Me and Show Ali take you through, get you ready, answer your questions questions live in the chat and on social media so jump in and uh, join us andy our conversations always make me smile you never make me cry pal uh you're simply the best i appreciate the time (laughs) as always man can't wait to chat with you next week good luck to your browns oh thanks buddy back at you we'll talk to you soon take care andy mcnamara joining us for another edition of ask andy down the atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline he joins us every single wednesday here on the program to get you the fantasy football answers that you need. Week 10 kicks off on Thursday with the Bears hosting the Panthers. Uh, If you missed out a chance to get your question read by Andy, uh, hit him up on Twitter at AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy, and he'll get you the fantasy football advice you need ahead of another week of NFL football. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We're going to kick off Hour 2 with some hockey talk around the NHL with Ailish Forfar from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. We'll get her thoughts on the Jonathan Huberto benching in Calgary, and we'll dive back into the flames after a 4-2 win over the Nashville Predators. That when Hour 2 kicks off next here on Sportsnet 960, the fan.